It's all right, man. Just calm down. Calm down. <laughs> just pausing to get deep. Here we all get loud as shit. That's right. Now That's is right. the time to open up your mind. In our search for unknown, who knows what we will find? This is Emergency Exit. I am your host, Los. I am joined once again by the spectacular Sarah John Drow and Nick Thundercat Ryder. Ho! How you guys living? You guys doing okay? I'm all right. Doing good. Man. Thanks for joining us once again. This is episode 20. Today is January 31st. 2017 we are broadcasting to you from our emergency exit deep underground base thank you for being with us again this week on the program bob graham and the uh, classified 28 a former senator wants 28 pages that are redacted from the fbi's report on the events that took place on 9 11 to be released what does he know don't we have a right to know later we're gonna play idiot or idiom for the golden jazz master but first we will talk about the struggle and rise to championship when we talk to a kick-ass person in... That's right, everyone. It doesn't matter who comes, they've got interesting lives, and now it's time to let them shine. We will bring to you, staying fresh, staying cool, kick-ass people of our time. We've got questions. Fresh exit. That's right. Welcome to another edition of Kick Ass People. That's an awesome new fucking bit we just recorded. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? It's really oh, good. Yes. We are going to be talking to Jackie Lynn Ellison. Is it just Jackie Lynn? Jackie Ellison? How do you like to be uh, called, bud? Those all equal my name. That's right. Yeah. Anything's good. Anything that's worth it there. Mm-hmm. Check out Jackie Lynn Ellison on JackieLynnEllison.tumblr.com. And uh, he's at I am Jackie Lynn. Welcome for coming, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Dude, this is great. Thanks for coming, man. Have you listened to the show? Did you check it out at all? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. That's all right. Yeah, that's fine. He says no. <laughs> Doesn't matter, you know? I think <laughs> maybe now you will. body language are matching. <laughs> <laughs> According to his Austin Facia Hair Club bio, he's won 25 awards, including winning first place Imperial Mustache at the 2015 World Beard and Mustache Championship in Leo Imperial. Gang. Imperial. Well, it's a style of mustache oh, okay. Okay. in Austria. Okay. So that's a, a big first, right? Has any American ever won that before? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a guy, Benjamin Jurgens, who lives in Sweden now, but he won... Uh, he won first in Trondheim, Norway in 2009. And then in 2013, um, I went against him in Stuttgart, Germany, and he got second and I got fourth. Ooh. And mm. fourth's a tough pill because you'd go to the other side of the world and top three is what matters. So is that like right? Fourth, you're so just like fourth is the first loser? Yeah, so yeah, you're the standing, thing you're st- you stand next to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're totally not even in there. But then, you know, I had two years, two years to think about it, and then I went to Leo Gang and won first. Yeah, man, how does it feel to win first, man? It's good. It depends on what you do with it, and it depends on what you win first at, you know, because something like mustaches is very culturally significant for a lot of people, and to quantify it and say that you're the best is, you know, 
debatable. Well, so. your best for the year, you know, and you got a wonderful mustache. I look up to your mustache. You're my mustache uh, hero. Thanks. I've said it many times. <laughs> yeah, I do definitely want it. to have the mustache that you have, but you've been doing. I, I met this. I met this cat. Uh, I think it was three years ago when I first competed at uh, Come and Shave It, um, and I think it might have been one of the first times you also were there, maybe mm-hmm. second or third. And um, I, I saw his mustache, and I was just a baby mustache at the time, and. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. I thought I had maybe the best one in town until I saw Jack. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, <laughs> this is what I'm up to. And you did win that. You did win that night. Mm-hmm. I did make it to the nighttime championship. The next year, I won uh, third place there in the daytime. And I did not place in the nighttime. I don't well, maybe it was fourth, but who knows? That's what, that's what happens when you're fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was my third year. And the previous two years, I didn't place at all. Oh, so it must have been good to come right in there and make nice. your first place. Man. Yeah, believe and, it. And it's nice to win after you've lost. You know, it's it's like more of a saga. Other. Oh, sure, sure. Know, if you just come in and win everything, it's like, well, that was any It's not a great story. At least but, there was a yeah. struggle and you overcame it. Right. Yeah, you had your own like Karate Kid story. You had You're the hero. <laughs> <laughs> right. To come in and Daniel saw that shit. Right. So, how many competitions roughly have you uh, competed in? Somewhere around 25 to 35, I guess. So the majority of those ones, you, I mean, how long were you not winning before you started? You, you obviously place every single time you, you, you perform now. Uh, I've, I've only not placed, I think, once. The first competition I ever competed in, I placed second. And then, you know, and like I think a lot of guys, first competition, you're sure you're going to win first. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was coming in there going, yeah, dude, I'm going to take this. Yeah. If you even consider doing it, you you think you're, you're gonna Cause be the you, best. This like the first time your mustaches look that good. So to you and your mirror, you're like, fuck yes. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Everyone. I can, thought it looked great, and then Jackie no walked up, and it. I said, "Oh my god!" And the same thing happens to me. Yeah. You know, uh, and put some time in, and then all of a, you know, all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm right. the top dog. But I mean, it's just by genetics. You know, it's all genetics. I think that's what it comes down to. I can't force this. You can only just style it. That's as much as you can do. Yeah, you look as you do it, you know. Yeah, like my ancestry is Hungarian and Eastern Europeans in that region grow big mustache. And it's a it's like a culturally significant thing that they like to show. And I lucked out because I decided to try it. And then I got a big fat mustache. And it just was it's just it's glorious looking. It's not even styled up right now, and it still looks amazing. It's a nice, just a casual. I'm sure I know what it's like. You can't be styling it every single day. It's, on, it's oh, God, kind of a special occasion sure thing. Well, you know, it's a personality thing, too. It's in the middle of your face. It's like an extension of who you are. Absolutely. It's a big preface to your personality and whatever is going to happen with you when people meet you. So, like, I might not be that dude with the styled mustache. Yeah. I might not be that dude today or this week or this month. Uh, this might be the dude I am, you know. Um, I never had this this many thoughts about mustaches before. You know, I, I think <laughs> it's like it's, girls' hair. You it's know? like makeup. I think. Yeah, uh, makeup. Some days it's like deal with it. I'm I'm just a natural. Dude. She's like I don't know any of those hair or makeup. I don't I don't bother. I really don't. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, some girls, they do the, the pubic hair thing, you know, you know, what if they were starting wow. to like, all right, we're there. Okay. I'm okay. Maybe I'm jumping too far. Anyways. So like pubic mustaches. <laughs> I thought that'd be hilarious anyway. to go, to go down there and see a little wax mustache. Oh. I'd be like, hello. Okay. never mind. Maybe I'm too much into the stash. Yeah. So. That's a bit far. What if that 
pubic mustache would have beat your mustache at last come and shave. I it. think that's too much, man. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> man, I don't know. <laughs> you, you should have swiped left. Oh, man, that's too much. So what did it take from you to go from the amateur status that you were the, the you know, put to the to where you're at now, the pro status? What did what kind of steps did you take? I think uh, it kind of identifying the opportunities I had and I want to win. Like anything I do, I think everybody inherently just wants to be the best at everything uh, that, that they get into. So I started to, you know, think, you know, some guys don't dress up at all. Some guys are don't exude confidence. Some guys, this, you know, just pointing out what I didn't, what I thought was working against people and try to, you know, for who I am and what I look like, do the best that I could do. Sounds cheesy. Sounds like team building and shit. Team building well, with your mustache. Little individual no, teammates I mean, right here all working those together. Those are things for a reason, obviously. But, yeah. Coming from the so, heart. Yeah. Uh, so, but as far as just your mustache, like, do you think it's all these other things that you did that made a difference? Yeah. So this is like the fashion component play into a mustache competition. Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah, definitely. You so like, someone had like a better mustache than you, but you had a better wardrobe. Yeah. It all really? plays in. Absolutely. Play. That's why yeah. I do the, the Really? The, that's okay. why I do the tie thing. I don't know if you saw that, uh, okay. but all right. I think that's why I stood out. Like that's all part of yeah. the presentation of of the mustache sort yeah. of. Is that why they Okay. Sure. So it's like all right. overall aesthetic and how it's worn. And in Europe a lot of the time People think people say styles are too big for some people's faces. Where in America that would never happen. Yeah. Because, well, of course not. Because we're like, if Mer- it's the biggest, it's the yes. best, <laughs> hands down. Which is an interesting thing to learn from them uh, and to try to compete on their stages and to bring back here uh, doing things intentionally instead of just trying to be the biggest. I think it's pretty poetic. I dig it. Yeah, no, I like that. So they they care more about how it fits, yeah, how it fits the face stylistically, not just mm-hmm. how big or long or crazy can you get. Right. It. Yeah, you know that's weird because mine doesn't. It's about mine doesn't go long. It. Like if I if I let it go and try to get this full mustache, all it does is like curl around and start poking my lip and annoy me, and then it. I just, think you also have stops. to sort of train where your hair. See, that's what I was going to go next. Well. Like, is there a way to to get it to? There, there's an awesome uh, device called a snood. Snood, snood, snood. Tell me more. Snood, uh, dude. So <laughs> it's like, uh, kind of looks like a bra. And oh, great! You put it across your face and over your ears. It's like an early 19th century thing, and uh, it's totally quirky and lame. And I've, I you, got, have I, you snooded? I, sn- I sned. And, uh, <laughs> And it was nude. It was hilarious <laughs> because you know. So you style the mustache, you put it on, and you sleep like that. Style it naturally, no product. So okay. it'll train the hairs. They'll they'll hold that way. Oh, okay, all right. But you got this apparatus in the middle of your face and around your ears. So you night. sleep well, is what you're saying. It's a joke, <laughs> right? It's a joke. Is it a total joke? You've yeah. done it though. You said. I did it, yeah. And it didn't... I, I bought uh, one. I found one online, and I was nerding <laughs> out, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to be the best. And, uh, yeah, it was stupid. How long did you try it before you thought, okay, fuck this? this. One, one night. One night, and you're yeah. like, this is bullshit. Because yeah. it probably slipped off in the middle of the night and didn't do well, anything. Well, I'm sure they say, like, you need to go a few months or something to gotta train retrain it. the hairs. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Different hair types kind of lend themselves to being trained easier. Like if you have really thick, bristly hair, it can train. You can even take a, a blow dryer and train it just with your hand. Just like on the moment or in the moment. Right. Uh, but like my mustache is pretty thin and fine and like soft. So like it doesn't care about training. And if you put heat in it, it just relaxes it more. So like I really can't train my mustache per se. I can style it with wax or hairspray, or I can let it droop. What do you prefer to style it with, wax or hairspray? I think I know already. Well, hairspray yeah. after a certain length, because once a mustache gets so big, you put wax in it, which is heavier than a hairspray typically, mm-hmm. and the whole thing just falls. It's structurally, no integrity. It just loops fall forward and shit. It's, you know, if you have to be like... Uh, client facing profession or something you you have to have it perfect so how do you spray that directly into your face without getting it into your mouth and nose you it's going to, yeah you it's open, going to get in there you open your eyes and your mouth and you breathe deeply and you spray the whole can into your face oh it's no. true man like, no, but you no, don't no. literally do that no. but no no there's ways around it i'm joking okay so I was like, why would you open your eyes and mouth first? That sounds opposite of what you should do. <laughs> nah, it's a joke. Uh, I'll take toilet paper and put it in my nose and spray at an angle. Mm-hmm. And also I'll spray the tips of my uh, fingers and dry oh, it, and blow then... on it and dry it, and then use that real quick. Okay. Uh, Sometimes what I do is I, I'll spray some into the cap, and then I can dip my fingers in there and yeah. do that kind of idea as well. Mm. So like I yeah. I like to use the least amount of product the better and most yes, sure most, sure most good hairsprays have alcohol in them which is gonna thin thin out your mustache even more so it's like you know just use what you need and you you people learn some well hopefully <laughs> well last year uh, I got a little tip from you and then I started getting that uh, that hairspray and it's changed the game you know. You know, it's this super light stuff that super, you know, it gets right down to the bit, hardens it up just the right way. And man, you get a beautiful mustache out of it. And I got to thank you for that, man. Jeez. Yeah. So how long have you been working on that stash? Um, I haven't shaved my top lip uh, since 2012. Okay. Like the beginning of 2012. So it's been a kind of a newish journey. Yeah, I've always had mustaches. Um, in band, in old bands, we all grow out weird facial hair. Like I'd do the Hulk Hogan, yes, kind of <laughs> Manchu, and I'd let that grow as long as it could. Or I'd do a goatee. I never, I can't really grow a full beard. I don't have any sideburns. Like from here down, the follicles are just gone. But like all through the middle. oh, so any sort of goatee yeah. kind of so any kind of goatee variation. Nice. And I knew the mustache was thick, or at least wanted to grow but i didn't know that it would be big by any or like cover my mouth but do you feel out. it's at uh what they call terminal length right now yeah it is yeah it's definitely uh, where but it it does get a little longer but only select like, like one or two gets long and then like, you have to kind of probably like four or five all get long together but i learned a trick from a natural mustache world champion four-time world champion wolfgang schneider um to take the mustache and drag it back underneath your ear and snip behind the ear. Snip behind the ear. And that's as long as, like, a, a traditional German man, the southern German man. Oh, that, that sets the length. 
so you can keep yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. At a wow. It's interesting. Hungarians say there's three lengths. Um, there's a mustache that hangs in your in front of your face, a mustache that goes over your ears, and a mustache you can tie behind your head. Not all three are acceptable. Wow. No in between, <laughs> though. Yeah. No means, in between. That means grow your damn mustache. It don't matter. It's acceptable, yeah. baby. Yeah. Fuck. If you can tie behind your head. So uh, how do you care for your hair? Uh, I just use the shampoo for my head for my face. So uh, it doesn't matter. I've heard a lot of things that you shouldn't do I that. Did. But Same you're saying, thing. Yeah. Not that, I mean, I don't have a long mustache. They say it's but, not the same hair that's on the top of our head and it dries well, out, but you're yeah. saying it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I, I mean, mean, hair I is still hair. Well, I will say this. I don't wash the mustache, like get the soap in, in it, but more than a, twice a month. Okay. Because the more you dry it out, the more it needs to re-moisturize. Oh, totally and, I, and I don't really like putting... <laughs> That's what's wrong with mine then, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> How I mean, often are you? You don't like having to put oil or anything in your beard too often? <laughs> I don't like to use oils because most oils are just extra virgin olive oil with some like bullshit like rosemary or something and it's like is that right i did they do feel like they're extra olive extra virgin olive oil i was like this, man it smells great though the, well they're mainly extra virgin olive oil but then they'll have argan or jojoba oh or something my god that's good for hair. what a revelation right there yeah i did but not know that i'm done with oils at the end of the day unless you have a two-foot beard that's turning into straw why are you using need. oil like yeah. so like you don't put anything or do anything to your mustache Except at like once a month, you said. Yeah, like once or twice a month, I'll. It'll You'll just kind of like dry. soap it out and. Well, yeah, like uh, I'll some, I'll wash it out and I'll wash it with soap, and then the next day. Kind of let the be, natural oils come back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next day it'll be super dry and kind of sticking out, and I might put a little oil in. I have a I have an oil sponsor, so I have oil on tap. Dream, <laughs> Dream Beard. He's got a cake in his bathroom, and he just. Yeah, I did want to mention that Dream Beard is the hairspray that I got from you, and it was it's great shit, man. Mm, yeah, I also have a mustache comb sponsor. Oh, we'll be releasing a Jackie Lynn Ellison signature comb. Oh my god! Jeez. <laughs> yes! Wow! Got to give me one of those, man. Yeah. Is it made of wood? Uh, well, it's got a wooden handle. It's gonna be like a switchblade, and the oh my teeth goodness. are brass. Oh really? Wow! It's gonna be—it's not gonna be terribly expensive. Decent. It's gonna—it's gonna be pretty sweet. That is great news, man. So, do I—I heard this once in an interview you did, but you said you—you're on a a diet for your for your hair or something. Is that something? Do you have a special mustache diet? Not particularly. I think it's a good idea to. I mean, the more healthy you are overall, the tributes to everything else in your life. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I try to do well the things i'm trying to do so well, you look good as man. healthy as possible looking good. but i mean i eat a lot of chicken wings uh buffalo buffalo uh, oh yeah wings. i hear that's good for hair and that's actually really important for mustaches because well yeah the eating of those things just because the eating of them it's yeah. the biggest struggle of anything is eating things so right. i that was actually my next question so <laughs> I, I knew you have the same issues that i have so do you avoid i guess you don't avoid certain foods just go for it are there any foods that you don't do what are your tips on eating some messy foods the only thing i i pump the brakes on is syrup uh, or honey, yeah, or molasses, or something that's really thick, that really sticky. just really sticky, right. because that'll put straight you straight sap. Yeah, that'll put you out of the game quick. Like, <laughs> like, it just then you got to shampoo it. it again, and then it's gonna frizz out. Yeah, right. And so, like, 
Yeah, you got it. That's I've, what you, you need. You the know the struggles, Jackie Sarah. Lynn Combs. I've been at Kirby Lane, like waffles, I love their and, and then guacamole. put yeah. the fork down and go straight to the bathroom because <laughs> it's like the whole right side and like can't live like that. Do you have a Do you have a certain <laughs> maneuver of getting food into you? Like sometimes I'll do this thing where I'm moving my mustache out of my. W- I know that's a struggle, but there's well, something you got to so do. It's so funny to hear this. If, if I've never a, thought about mustache. If it's ever. a reasonable bite. <laughs> If it's a reasonable bite, it will fit in pretty easily because I can do the pucker like you just did, like this. Yeah, where you push your mustache oh, up this way. Because then your top lip lifts yeah. and your mustache lifts. So when you, <laughs> so he's puckering up right now, and yeah. that's that's the way of getting your mustache to get up and out of the way. Yeah, go straight in. But if you want to take a stupid bite, which I do. Happens all the time. <laughs> or, or if you just want to eat a sandwich. Like, like, uh, you, like I can't just bite into a hamburger. No. Like, do, that's not how that works. Especially not like a, I mean, a fast food burger can be pretty thin. But like you go out to eat and get a, a burger. Those fucking things are substantial. Yeah. Like, yeah what are you going to do with that? I can't do anything. You can't that. even get it in your mouth anyway, much less around a mustache. So I'll do the lift. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll use uh, when I'm That's holding the burger with both of my hands. I'll do this thing where I put my hands up like this and push up. Oh, oh you yeah. get a good bite. That's a good That's move right there. Classic move. Classic. classic. <laughs> and you know what? You have to learn all these on your own. Unless mustache you know, eating one hundred and one. These are the only things that you learn when you absolutely try to grow your mustache. You don't trim yeah, above the lip. Practice makes perfect. I don't have any of this. I just have the dribbles. Like, oh, you're you're sloppy with your queso because it's. Out in your beard, or one time I found some like way over to the side here, and obviously I was <laughs> I was doing something completely fucking wrong then. But I can't get the 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 long power mustache. You just gotta you I, just gotta do it, you right? Can't shampoo so much. I guess I shouldn't shampoo so much. Anytime I see anything in someone's face or hair or anything, a piece of glitter. I, I let them know. Yeah. Because, right. Because I need you <laughs> to do whenever, this. It's been, whenever it's my <laughs> right. turn. And I have a, a big mustache. So if you have something in your mustache, you look like an asshole. Yeah. Like you can't, you got to help me out. So I try for to sure. For out. sure. I'll do Same this. as like in, in the teeth or like whatever, but more external. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, that's something you got to do. A couple more questions, man. Um, how did you learn to expertly style that one, that wonderful mustache of yours? Uh, trial and error. It's trial and error. Yeah. I, I mean, I like curls. Um, I am an illustrator and I've always liked to draw like filigree and curly cues and I like calligraphy and cursive and, you know, so I kind of have a knack for curls Swoops and, and, and swooshes. And you yeah. can do that with your... Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I should have put it up, picture up, but he's got, I mean, it comes up and it makes a perfect curl. And it's nice. It's the thing is like when you try to get that with wax or something, you get these real thin parts right there. And it, but his is it's thick throughout almost do the whole way. Do you use like right? a, a thick curler looking. for it, or mm-hmm. how do you? Well, I, you just put it in and use your fingers to mm-hmm. really. Well, that's just all like by hand and eye. I style it in three sections, and think of it in three sections. So like you have the body, which is the closest to the middle. Yes. Which is the fat part. It's kind of overall. It kind of looks like a, a whale. Mm-hmm. So like the the head of the whale, and then there's where it starts to get skinny and go up into the curl. Call that like the ditch or the valley. Make that super wide, mm-hmm. not too pinched, and then roll the whole thing consistently with the hairs up into the top of the curl. Mm-hmm. And when you have all the hairs going together, 
it, it looks clean. You know, uh, you can twist them and they can overlap and little tiny details. Most people can't tell from more than from less than five feet away uh, or more than five feet away. If you get all of them, it looks like it's a 15 when it's maybe a nine. You know, what do you mean by that? A 15? Uh, like score oh yeah yeah, yeah that's what i mean uh, 10 i mean yeah i see it and uh, well, you, there's some great pictures of where it's just it's perfect every hair seems to be going with each other that's what it means you well, know there's you nothing know, out of place really perfection or uh, perfect symmetry is an illusion completely yeah so it's like it's perfectly imperfect Right, and like my face, yeah. my face is not symmetrical. I have kind of a shovel face. Like one side <laughs> is higher than the other. So you have to like I mean, compensate for that when... Well, I mean, you style each side the way it, can, it at its optimum. Yeah, uh, right, okay. You get, you get what you get. So you half and half it, mm-hmm. right? You're like my right half and then my left. And any mustache guy knows which side is a pain in the ass or which side right. is slightly okay. bigger or which side is thin at this point or like yeah, you can totally oh. see it i mean you look at it yeah like fuck you'll stand there forever adjusting your mustache but there there are guys out there like wolfgang schneider when i see his mustache i'm just like man <laughs> and it really comes down to genetics like this you said guy. too man yeah. <laughs> this guy yeah but i've come to a, a Appreciate my mustache, and, and there's been I, competitions where I thought I did really well. I think you should appreciate your mustache, honestly. Yeah. So every, I mean, we all do. For <laughs> all aspiring, all aspiring mustaches out there, uh, do you have any do's or don'ts when it comes to competing? Oh, I thought you meant like do's, like D U E S, like yeah. paying dues. Yeah, <laughs> like no. All right. Well, I know that's what you got to do, rooks, to get into first. the competition. <laughs> Yeah, you got to dunk your head in a bucket of barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what no. are some do's and don'ts of uh, growing a mustache and competing? A couple uh, of them. Don't cut the middle. Yeah. Like, when you're growing out a mustache, grow out the whole thing. Don't cut out the middle and just grow the ends long so you can have curls. Yeah. That's fucking lamest ever. It's I agree so with bad. you. Totally it, agree. You see a very clean line and then long ends. Yeah. I hate that. It sort of tells me that they're they're not really like in the, for the long haul like of the a mustache. Like the curtains at a theater. You know, you got the little runner at the top and then the long curtains <laughs> down the side. Well, it's no, like, uh, no. what you know, there's a whole big exactly. struggle when, when you have a big mustache and you have to go through that. And if you're, if you're just doing in for the curls, it's like you're just doing the glamour muscles, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Paying dues, D-U-E, is... Uh, Growing out the middle because yep. the middle goes directly into your mouth, mm-hmm. like right out the Maybe gate. Maybe that's been my problem. I just don't. I don't have the patience to let it grow past that. Maybe absolutely. You should say there's something called the passion triangle. If you're how long? Grow- how, how how long? I guess that's different for everybody. But like, <laughs> typically within like the first six to eight months, you can go. Six you to can eight get, months. Definitely have not tried it for that long. Because okay. it, it just goes directly into your mouth for a long time. And then it goes, it goes over your mouth, but still things that are trying to get in your mouth, push it into your mouth. Right. And eventually it gets long enough to where you can just sweep it to the Boom. side. And, mm-hmm. it, and there you are. It's its own thing. So you can take a drink off a pint glass. And there he goes. And he's got a, he's got a good technique for it. Very little. He's done it before. Yeah, well, that's, that's the <laughs> it way it goes, like. man. Well, Jackie, man, thank you for coming in, dude. I do have a little, uh, one more question to ask you. Sure. We're going to be talking a little bit about 9-11 today. Mm-hmm. So do you describe, do you subscribe to the theory that the U.S. government had a hand in the events that took place on 9-11, man? No. No. You believe everything that's told about that? 
It went down the way it went down. It went down. down the way it went down. I don't know how it went down, but I don't think we did it to ourselves. I think that it was an act of terrorism. I absolutely still believe that it's an act of terrorism, but I do believe that there was... I don't think it was self-inflicted terrorism. I, I definitely, we didn't do it to ourselves, but I think we did have some prior knowledge, and we sort of let it happen, which is also going to let us right into our next little segment. You down to hang out for a little bit, man? Yeah. Cool. So let's get into talking about Senator Bob Graham. Well, that's right. Today, I want you to meet Robert Bob Graham, 38th governor of Florida and a United States senator. Bob was also the chairperson of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. There are 28 pages that have been locked away in a secret vault that remain classified. Only a small group of people have ever seen them, and Bob is one of those people. Oh, you Bob. Might, hey, you might what be asking, about Bob? Well, you might be asking yourself, what is on those pages. Check this out. Saudi Arabian government paid to help fund the attacks of 9-11. The FBI knows it, and the FBI covered it up. That's off some freaky website, right? Not this one. This one is the claim of the for former senator from Florida, Senator Bob Graham, who was on the Intelligence Committee. Not some quack conspiracy theorist, but the former head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He co-wrote a congressional report on the attacks of 9-11, and he says classified pages, 28 classified pages of that report, could help prove his damning allegations. That's, damning. Yeah, damning. I mean, that's right. That's Fox News reporting on Senator Graham. Now, if you missed it, he said he co-wrote a congressional report on the attacks of 9-11. So the senator told the New York Times that he had a meeting with the FBI following the terrorist attacks. The agents told him, uh, took him to a secret location. One of the agents told Graham to, quote, essentially to, quote, get a life and that he's following a dead end. So he isn't really allowed to uh, say what's on these pages, but he says that he'll fight to prove his claims. So let's get back to this hmm. uh, Fox News story and let's hear the actual allegations here. Senator Graham accuses the FBI of hiding the fact that it had investigated a Saudi Arabian family in, in Palm Beaches in Florida for connections to the attack. He says the agency has pictures and documents that prove multiple connections between this family in Florida and the 9-11 hijackers who were training nearby. He says the family escaped the country just weeks before the attack. That the family left the refrigerator full of stuff, left all their things in the house, and after years in this one home living peacefully in the neighborhood, vanished. And less than two weeks later, the towers came down. Some pretty heavy shit there, man. So Bob says that the FBI kept something a secret. So what else is new, right? Right, right. Well, however, he is saying that there is a family involved somehow. Right, and they just all of a sudden vanished two weeks before the attacks. Just vanished. Like we were saying, just before, uh, when we did our Clinton murders episode, we had that lady who just committed suicide after packing a committed whole bunch of suicide. luggage. Because you pack for a trip and then off yourself. Yeah. So Like, totally makes sense. So in these documents, there's 800, uh, excuse me, 80,000 plus documents on the attack. And these are only, there's only 28 that are classified. So does Bob really know what's on these 28 pages? Let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to play a clip here for you. But do you think that this anchor knows that Bob is privy to what's on those 28 pages? Yes or no? Is Bobby privy? Is he privy? Does the anchor think he knows? Okay. 
<laughs> well, here, check it out. Forget the question. That's a different question. Just listen to it. Now, what Senator Graham wants released is something I suspect he has already seen. Why do you suspect that? Because he was chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee in 2004 when the Senate, uh, when the when the 9/11 Commission report was released, and President um, uh, Bush ordered 28 pages held secret, and President Obama has reconstituted that order. So, two executive orders holding it in secret. The writers of that report, former New Jersey Governor Tom Kane and former Indiana Congressman Lee Hamilton, the co-chairs of the 9-11 Commission report, want those 28 pages released. Senator Graham wants those 28 pages released. We don't know what's in those pages, except that we do know it pertains to the Saudi government and two American presidents don't want it released. So the question is, do we feel that these three men that they mentioned know what's on those pages. Well, they wrote, they all wrote it there. We don't know what's in those pages. So s- we do not Between know. the three of them, either one or all of them know what's on those 28 pages. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And why are they not just saying it? Why are they like, no, you should release it instead of just, hey, you know what I wrote on that shit that they're hiding? Well, they're obviously sworn or they have a an MBA or non-disclosure, an NDA uh, disclosure agreement. Right. But they can sit there and say, you need to release that. I want you to release that. Release it. And that doesn't violate the non-disclosure agreement. Like that's, that's some heavy okay. allegations. You can't just say like release something. You can try to petition and I, everything. But why would Bush and deception. Obama? Why would Bush and Obama want to keep this a secret? Right. I that. But I mean, if these are the three guys that wrote it and they're all saying release that shit, why don't any it's of them? Not up to them. It's not up to them. What are they, the president? Bigger than that. What would they be keeping a secret? So like, what? What's the? What are we suggesting? They these pages even say. Well, uh, Senator Bob Graham says that it's got to do something with a Saudi family that either housed the 19 hijackers and under under that, the FBI was keeping the Saudi family under wraps. And then a couple weeks before the attack, the Saudi family vanished, disappeared after everything that they needed to do was done. I think those were his allegations, Bob's allegations. So he says in those 28 pages... You know, of course, we know that uh, Trump just signed that ban on Muslims in a, a few countries, and Saudi Arabia wasn't on that list. Um, Obama not. also signed an executive order, and Bush signed an executive order. So now, why did Ob- Obama sign an executive order? Um, but he also, in 2010, former President Obama, he signed an agreement with Saudi Arabia to provide the sale of $60 billion worth of rep- weaponry over the next 10 years. So that's definitely a good reason to definitely keep those things redacted because those classified papers, and if Bob Graham is right, he's actually proving that we're in cahoots with Saudi Arabia to make this whole plan happen so that we can go and blah, 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 blah. That's what he's, that's what he's assuming right now. Now, as a senator, he... He could call out the government and say, you know, just like uh, Senator Feinstein, uh, Feinstein did about right, the CIA right. and the tortures. You know, she called out the uh, called them out. California on, Senator, on right? the sen- Yeah, on the Senate floor, and that's the only way you're able to do that without any sort of persecution. As a- Sitting senator, you have to be on a senator. the Senate floor. That's right. Now, unfortunately, Bob is a former senator and cannot do this anymore. But yet, he's still sworn to secrecy, and I'm sure he cannot say anything. So let's go real quick to a. Uh, um, Mr. Bob here on Off the Grid with Jesse Ventura. Oh, Jesse Ventura. I love Mr. Ventura. You know, real quick, what the best part about the movie Predator is? 
Well, other than it's a fantastic, <laughs> actually, it has two future governors in it. Schwarzenegger and Ventura. You got that right. The chain gun wow. of Ventura. Right. The chain is with so holding the minigun. <laughs> He's so yeah. good. I mean, and that guy became governor. Yeah, never seen it. Never mind. I, don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you nailed it. You sounded so convincing. All right, check it out. Listen to Bob with uh, Jesse Ventura. Isn't, aren't we the taxpayers who pay the bill, allegedly the boss? How can they keep redacted pages from the, the people of the United States so that we can know the truth once and for all about 9-11 if there is a truth to know? Uh, because the President of the United States uh, has the power uh, to classify and keep from the public uh, information that in his judgment uh, represents some form of a national security threat. I believe that the essential unanswered question from 9-11 is whether the 19 hijackers acted alone which is the official position of the United States government, or whether they had a support network that facilitated their ability to remain anonymous, in some cases for almost two years, while they completed and practiced and then executed a very complicated plot. I think it is implausible to believe that 19 people, most of whom couldn't speak English, had never been in the English. United States before, could have carried out such a sophisticated plot as 9-11. So. That's a good point. Well, obviously, it wasn't just those 19 that carried it out. Well, that's what he's trying to Well, those allege. are the ones carrying it out for whoever back home. It wasn't like just these 19 guys that did it all. I've seen movies where just like 19 people did something really bold and huge. Right, but then why would we have gone after, like, what? It seemed like we we all talk immediately talk about this whole network, like Al Qaeda. There was a network and Bin Laden at the head of it, and it, it. I mean, it wasn't just like this tiny group of people. It was a whole cell. It's all mainstream media painting you that picture, dude. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like it's probably something much bigger. Like something these these bigger. guys were yeah. acting. Yeah, these, for these a are, bigger... These, yeah, it's, these are pawns on the chessboard. Yeah. yeah totally. totally. Right, right, right. Totally. We're all just pawns on a chessboard. So <laughs> I'm not sure if he has to say it that way, you know, the way he's saying it. Either okay. the government is doing this or it's this way, the way I'm saying it, or he's on the fence about his allegations. Now, let's hear some final no, thoughts. He did help write the thing, so he has more insight than he's saying. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. Well, here, here listen to the f some final thoughts on the Fox guys here. Think what he's alleging. He's alleging that the Saudi Arabian government knowingly funded an organization that was about to uh, commit an act of war against the United States. If what Senator Graham is saying is true, that's an act of war. Well, he's also alleging... He killed 3,000 of our people. He's also alleging the flip side of this, which is that the American government knows about this. And covering and, it up. Correct. That is correct. They know about this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen to how he's like, why well, he asked me, I know about this. You know, so perhaps the All 28th... Schmeagle comes out of nowhere. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> of course they've got my precious. Okay, anyways, perhaps the 28 pages are filled with info on Saudi government supporting the attackers. One day it will come out and we will learn the truth. But I do have a theory, y'all. I do have a theory. What is your theory? So I don't think Senator Bobby actually knows what's on these pages. There were like two or three other people writing it. And remember, there's like 80,000 plus documents. So I think maybe this guy just straight up hates Saudi Arabians. Just straight up hates them. So here's our last clip from this. And we're going to end it here. Um, this is from 60 Minutes. 
talking to Bob Graham. Bob Graham won't discuss the classified information in the 28 pages. He will say only that they outline a network of people that he believes supported the hijackers while they were in the U.S. You believe that support came from Saudi Arabia? Substantially. And when we say the Saudis, you mean the government? Rich people in the country? Charities? All of the above. Guy just hates him, dude. Let's just yeah, go into apparently the- <laughs> that. Well, no, real quick. Like that was, yeah. Do you think this was a Saudi government? Just some people inside all of them, dude. Oh, just all the above. <laughs> Fucking all of them, dude. So that is my proof. Is it A, B, or C? Yes. Because here's the thing. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah. Here's the thing, you guys, is that if he did know and he uh, he signed an agreement, he can't say anything. You're not allowed to say a fucking word okay. about any of it. See, that last clip made me think that maybe he is doing all this because he has a personal vendetta against anyone and anything involving Saudi Arabia. That's what I'm trying to tell you because he can't just say this stuff, right? Without, I mean, he so signed an agreement. He's a, he's a senator. You can't just like blurt this, this stuff out. This is all just him holding a grudge. That's exactly what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think? Guys, guys got something to do. All so, of the above. So Sarah... We're going to go into the mystic here. Are you ready to travel we'll with us? Here we go. Leaving that behind. All right. Leaving it behind, man. What just happened? Sorry. I'll cut it out. That's right. Into the mystic with Sarah. One thing I do want to talk about real quick, or I want to ask Nick. So Nick just had a star reading last week. So I want to ask you, buddy, all that stuff you learned about yourself, how did you apply it? How did you learn? How did you live your last week? Did it help you at all? Did you feel anything different? How did you do? I, I did not feel anything different because I felt it was uh, it was more of a this is why you are who you are. I mean, there was the when you're getting angry, water, try go swimming. Uh, there, was, there was a suggestion. Um, but did you go swimming? I did not go swimming. No, that's okay. No, I did not you go still swimming. Still got lots of time to go swimming. There's always time. There's always time. Well, there's always um, time to go swimming. Um So I took the uh I took the Oh god, what I can't remember which segment it was. You're not getting anything? Uh when it was like <laughs> don't don't be so don't be so upfront, don't be so opinionated. Good hold that back and just kind of write it out that there was one point where i was like i tend to take control or i tend to try to do too much and they said you should just just set back step back and let it happen and write it out and not burn those bridges and uh that that got me through some situations this weekend that i normally would have Hmm. made at least a smart ass comment if not a full-on fuck you comment and i just wrote it out and let it happen wow so so your star chart helped you in a practical yeah. way. Goddamn right. I caused no riff I'm on the impressed. tour bus. That's great. So Sarah. And it's weird that we have to applaud the fact that I didn't snap <laughs> at someone. <laughs> Yay, you didn't be an well, asshole. Hurrah. Also well, we, we also know that, di- that Nick. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. <laughs> he likes to explode oh, when he's by himself. So Sarah, what you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> So actually right now, I'm actually going to mention this because I'm looking at what's going on in the sky right now. Right now. Planets. 
what's going on in the sky with all the planets? So right now we have Mars and the moon right now in the exact same position. Literally, you can actually look outside in the sky. You, I don't know if you looked in the sky earlier, but it's the moon and there's a really bright star right next to the moon. It's actually, there's two planets right next to the moon and it's it's Mars and Venus. And you can actually see them with your naked eye if you go outside. I will um, go check that out. Yeah, and it's actually pretty cool again. So, uh, but yeah, we got the moon. Well, I heard something interesting about Venus. Isn't it the first star you can see at night and the last star that you see at night? Isn't it? Well, yeah, it's known as the evening star and the morning star. See, I didn't know that. I heard that somewhere. Half the year. Because it's so close. Like sometimes (gasps) it's the evening star, other times it's the morning star, depending on. It's not the same. Like in the evening, it's not the first and last thing you see. It's always the same. It'll either rise before the sun or rise like right after the sun or something like that. All right. Well, what else you got, girl? So anyway, <laughs> tell, us, tell, us tell us more. So we're having a lot of, uh, we just recently like have been going through like this major healing of our wounds because we had all these, we had our masculine and feminine energy going over our wounded healer. Uh, and so we were just healing a wound and then our moon right now is coming, came over that same space and now it's with action. And, um, uh, let's see. What else we got here? What else you got? I can I can definitely relate with all that. Yeah, you feel I, like he recently healed a wound. Absolutely, and now it's nice. action time. Action time. Exactly. Mars, dude, totally, man. Yeah. So Mars has been literally. So it takes Mars two years to go all the way around through like all the twelve zodiac signs, and so it just it's been taking two years for it to get back into Aries, which is like its home. Like, imagine for two years you've been, like, trekking through all these other signs. Like, I just want to get back, back home. to your home. Get me back home. And, like, he, like, spent all this time in Pisces. He spent all this time in Pisces, which was all, like, dreamy and, like, totally not Mars energy. And literally just a few days ago came into Aries back home. Boom. And now, like, we're all in action mode. I don't know if you noticed that just in general. And, like, there's going to be more, like, social, political unrest because of this... <laughs> Mars and Aries, like I'm just gonna say it, it's gonna get crazier. Like people are really gonna you're gonna really stand up for themselves. People are gonna stop being afraid to stand up for themselves. Like Uh-oh. it's you're gonna it's really good. see it because then we have Pluto and Capricorn, which is transforming the structures, transforming our governments, and we have all the energy in Pisces, which is like this major deception that's been going on. Uh, it's really, really interesting what's going on. And Jupiter and Libra is like helping us get in the right partnerships and relationships and making sure that everything's in alignment with like who we truly are and we're getting our daily routines in order and we're getting our structures in order, but we're also feeling very humanitarian now because... Big shout out to those. Yeah. I appreciate all that shit. Big shout out right Big there. Shout out. Yeah. Big shout out from the sorry, Jackie man. Sorry to break your rhythm. No. Oh, it's all good. I need it. Okay, so yeah, and then the sun... <laughs> And then the sun is in uh, Aquarius right now, so we're feeling very like humanitarian, but then like futuristic. But I don't know if uh, the whole rest of the world is, but I'm but feeling the humanitarian. Humanitarian. Yeah. And, That's right. Uh, yeah, and then Saturn. You never is have it. I never will. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but then, okay, so our communications. Oh, our communications are doing like crazy things this week. I feel like uh, so like our communications are gonna re- get really in depth of like the deep like so unconscious stuff that nobody really talks about but the communications are going to bring all that out and it's like yeah all this stuff that we've been kind of like ignoring for so long it's like eventually like this pressure builds up and it just has to like come out and like, sounds like my happening. car when i don't give it an oil change in time it sounds like they, definitely is gonna next explosion yeah 
your car is gonna blow up. You don't want that shit. That is what happens if you don't change the oil. So how's your week been, Sarah? How uh, you been? How was your workshop? Your your uh, workshop. It was the workshop was really it went really well. And uh, lately, I've been planning a tour for my musical stuff. So that's right. She's gonna we're definitely be on the tour soon. And an album release. And we're gonna be able February, to. Be, she's gonna be a. 27th. She's gonna be a uh, tension and release guest. She's gonna be on the road giving us the mystic. Ooh. We're gonna make sure to keep up with her. You know, thank you once again for giving us a little insight into the stars when we go into the yeah. mystic. Thank you. We can call it Uranus. Take it easy, Sarah. My goodness. All right, so let's play a little game, you guys. What do you think? And I think yes. it's going to be... The, uh, we've got the, a game. Let's play my favorite game. Idiot, idiot. That's right. Idiot, idiot. Let's go. Idiot, idiot. What's that? Idiot, idiot. That's Woo-hoo. right. Uh-huh. Say what? Who do? Nope. You got it all. That's right. All right. Welcome to another edition of Idiot or Idiom. Idiot or Idiom is a word game where we guess the origin of phrases. Last week, the mighty Nick Ryder lost his gold to Sarah, who now holds the official Idiot or Idiom trophy. The Golden Jazz Master. Listen to her play it. <laughs> Today, she will defend her title against world champion mustacher Jackie Lynn Ellison and also myself. Sarah, are you ready Ooh. to defend it? Ooh, I'm ready. All right. Gosh. So, I will finally How long have a, has it been since you have played this I think game it's most. one of the first. Uh, I think when we first played uh, it. That's ever since time. we very first played it's been. I'm excited to hear the idioms you've come up with. It's been multiple months. Especially because you've debated a lot of the idioms. Yeah. That, right. I have always come been up like, with. bullshit. So like I'm now you're going to be like, you super researched them, like made sure you these are like. You goddamn right I did, Extremely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's he, right. he is going to be our Nick, uh, Nick Master, our Game Master. I even wrote. My usual notebook. Deep. My usual notebook for my stories. I put it on the backside so that I could just continue. All right. My so notebook backwards means Nick. Names. Are you ready to quiz and stump us? You bet your damn. Let's ass. play idiot or idiom. All right, number one. <laughs> number one. Fly off the handle. Ooh. All right, go ahead. Means. What does it mean? Uh, in a fit of rage, right? You fly you're off flying the handle. Flying off the handle. Yeah, you're pissed off, man. You're mad. He's so, yeah. Super mad. Or like the father in a Christmas story changing the tire in the rain. Lug nuts go flying. Yeah. Flies off the handle and says fuck in front of his kids or yeah. fudge. The case of movie, but <laughs> fudge. Daddy hit mommy at the dinner table. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you fly. You fit of rage. Fly off the handle. Dude, dad got. He really flew off the handle on this one. Yeah. All right. So, what is the origin? Origin comes from uh, in the 1800s when the axe head used to slip down on top of the handle. If you didn't have a good craftsman, as you were swinging it, the axe head would fly off the handle. All right. So, true or false? Let's start with you, Lotion. I think that is a true statement. I think that's the official true. <laughs> I got I got it here, Ma. I'm going to say true, too. Okay. Sarah says true. Jackie? I'm going to say true. True. Everyone says true. You got a universal you true. You played it out so realistically. And Nick. we're going to 
And that is true. All right. Fucking A. Got one. So. All right. It did come from axe heads flying off the handle. Now, how exactly? I don't know that. Yeah, we never really know, but that's the origin. Or how they're like, oh, man, you're really flying off the handle. Let's play Idiot or Idiom for the... So I imagine you're pretty pissed if you're... Right. Ax, if you're... If you're like... Off, if you're compared to an axe head flying loosely. Well, I mean, <laughs> in a time where you needed an axe, because in these current urban days, we don't need axes for anything. Yeah. I mean, we're... I'm, I'm speaking oh, local. even I'm better speaking comparison. Lo- speaking so, locally. Well, Man, if you, if you, I recently if, lived in Washington. Ax- I needed an axe to chop my firewood up. Right. But in, in those Austin, days, Texas, like, that was... No, like, chop firewood. We don't need it recently. But that's that's rad. That's totally rad. And I'm yeah. saying there's plenty of people in this the world. This used to be a, like a life or death fucking an tool. And if the head flew off, yeah. you're not only angry because it flew off, but you're also angry because you fucking lost your. I guess I should you have said survive. currently if you live in Washington <laughs> and you're chopping wood, you take that handle and you go beat the shop owner to death with it. All right. All right, let's play a little idiot or idiom for the Golden Jazz Master. My second one, I decided to have a bit of fun. This is a modern idiom. Very modern idiom. Number two. Jump the shark. Jump the shark. Well, what does it mean to jump the jump shark? Jump the shark means just go beyond the point of ridiculousness. Like, you're so absurd now, there's no, there's you're no done. turning back. Yeah, you're done. You've done to something. Jump the shark. You've done something that made you just shitty. You're right. done. I, you'll never be taken seriously again. What's the origin of this one? The origin is from the 60s sitcom Happy Days when the character Fonzie was water skiing and hey. actually jumped a shark on his water skis. But that would make him look even more badass. That doesn't sound well, like... Well, all right. So let's go to you first, Jackie. Jackie Do you think true it's true or false? false? I haven't... I. I I don't think I've heard it or used it in context. I really don't know it. When something jumps the shark, like a TV but show jumped the shark. Generally, it's a TV chance. show jumped the but shark. But if, if I am assigning meaning, you jumped the shark, and that's awesome. <laughs> 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 yeah, you, you keep jumping sharks. So yeah, yes. I'm going to say false. He says right. false. If, uh, yeah, if you can take a ski jump over a shark, then you do that shit all yeah. the time. All right. Yeah, so I'm saying false, too. False. All right. Well, let's Lose. check with the judges. Lo, what'd you say, Lowe's? Oh, I say it's true. You say it's true. It's absolutely true. I absolutely know this one already, so I know that I won this so one. So I started started with our guest, and he said false, and he is wrong. Sorry, guys. It absolutely oh. is from Fonzie, still in totally. his leather jacket out there, and he jumped a shark, and that's when viewers of the show Happy Days said, this is... Okay, this is too stupid. All right, so bonus points to you, Nick. Who is the originator of that saying, jump the shark? I don't know originator, but I know Arrested Development made a damn good joke out of it. Well, his name is John Hine, (laughs) and he was on the Howard Stern Show. Extra points for me. I love Arrested Development. All right, let's play. Arrested Development, because he's the family's lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Right? He's the family lawyer. He's Fonzie. That's right. <laughs> Henry Winkler, the actor is. And they made a... Bob He's walking along a dock. And there's like this little fake shark laying on the dock. And he like physically jumps, jumps over, over it. it. Yeah. So they make a little joke about it. And I so think that's, that, that's awesome. where that saying does come from. So we got... Right. I'm up on this one. So let's play a little yeah. idiot or idiom okay. for the golden jazz master. Los is in the lead. That's right. Number oh, three. Right. I need to circle this ish. Okay. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. What does it mean? As we all know, in the dark night 
rises, Bane says, speak of the devil, he shall appear. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> Not bad. Hey, everybody, I'm Bane. <laughs> I am Tom Hardy as Bane. You can't see my face, but I'm amazing. You got to do now the rest of this origin with, uh, <laughs> no, I can't with, do with it. that Bane voice. So, in 1666, coincidentally has 666, sign of the beast, Giovanni Torriano made a quote that said, The English say, talk of the devil, and he's presently at your elbow. And they believe it's bad luck to mention the devil, so therefore, like, him being at your elbow doesn't necessarily mean, like, he's right there, but it just, that brings you bad luck. It was, like, a very superstitious thing. To speak of the devil, and he's going to be there, you get bad luck. Okay. So, Sarah, What's true with, or I'm sorry with you. What's the, so that's what we're, that's what we're saying is the origin, yeah. The origin. I say true. Okay. She's saying true. Um, Los, I'm going to say that this is... Uh, he had names in there, so that's why I'm kind of thinking it's true, but I'm going to go against my better judgment and say false. Okay. Jackie Lynn, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to say true. true. He did have some wonderful names in there. It made me think, and then he said the uh, 1666. I know, right? All right, so Ooh, you guys. So we started with Sarah, so she gave the original guess as true, and she is Oh, oh man! God damn it! I know. Coincidentally, I should have gone with my better judgment. It did happen in 1666. 1666. Speak well, of the devil. Well, at least that's when the first known. Calling quote. bullshit on that one. Deep in my black <laughs> heart, I knew it was true. <laughs> All right, you guys got All it. Right. Let's play idiot or idiot for the golden jazz master. All right. Number next. Number four. Number three. Hands down. Hands down. Hands down. It's the best, right? This, Hands or your down, favorite. it's the best. Like, this is my favorite pizza, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. What's the origin? Right? I mean, does, does anybody have any other? That's how it works? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's originally a... Hope not. <laughs> hands down. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe. So, it's originally a poker term. Okay. When at the end of the hand, when everybody put their hands down... You could see who was the winner, who was on top. And it was be- hands down, sort of like calling. Or All right. When there were no more bets, yeah. That's the hands origin down. that you're giving us? All right. I'll go first. That's bullshit. That's got to be bullshit. I've never heard of hands down in poker, so I'm calling a false on that one. Me too. Sarah's going to say false as well. Jackie Lynn. I'm going to say false. Yes. Yeah, so we all chose false. We're going to check with the judges. And we are, are correct. We're all wrong. Oh no, we're no. Oh, you're you're all correct. We're all correct. Oh, yes. Yes. That was false. It was well, like it was. False. I was gonna be like, what the fuck? But there we go. <laughs> Hands so down all... is actually a term from horse racing. Okay. When a certain horse was so far ahead, the jockey would still win, even He's if he let go of the reins. Even hands down. Oh. That's if you let cool. go of the reins, hands down. I feel like a lot of our idioms come from like betting or horse racing right. or think, horses. I don't think it's ours. I think that a lot of idioms, period, come from <laughs> those times. <laughs> betting and horse racing. Those time periods. All right. Jockey talk. We've got two more going. Let's play Jockey idiot talk. or idiom for that the old golden jazz master. The jazz master. All right. Number five. Pardon my French. Ooh. Pardon Uses a, a sort of... Sorry, I cussed. Right? Excuse my yeah. Excuse my language. When when you're 
at a bar and you might have had a shot too many and all of a sudden you let an expletive loose. Oh, pardon my French. Or maybe you can say it before, like, pardon my French, but so-and-so is a bleeping bleep A bleeping bleep. Right. Right. So pardon my French. Okay. So. So it started in the 18th century when French language would pepper itself into English conversations and writings. Pardon my French became a way to acknowledge listeners or readers maybe not familiar with the language. And so as you were shifting language, you kind of let them know as okay. it was peppered in there. Okay. Sarah? I'm going to say true. She's going to say true, Jackie Lynn. I want it to be better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say False. I'm going to be with you, Jackie Lynn. That just seemed who peppers in French. You're talking about French cuisine. French all about the pepper. Oh, I mean, whatever. I'm going to say it's false. So let's check with the judges. We went with Sarah first. So we're going with Sarah's answer? Let's go with the majority. So both me and Jackie oh. both uh, both said you false. You and Jackie said false, and We're wrong? I held up this because I was going with our first answer. Okay, so right. Jackie Sarah's and I, we're Jackie. wrong. Sarah is correct. God, we are getting this just right, aren't we? I'm going to let you hold onto the board next time. All right. So, what does it actually what it means? That is actually what it means. That's where it came from. You just suck at telling it, I guess. Well, I mean, it, that makes him good at telling it. I know, exactly. <laughs> That's what makes him good at I'm it. I'm trying to lead you astray, Bliatch. You, you pedantic motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Last one six. here. Number six. For the golden jazz master. Skeletons in the Closet. Skeletons in the Closet. Not just the name oh. of the Grateful Dead Greatest Hits album. <laughs> Nobody? Okay. Nobody listens to the dead, bro. <laughs> Everybody listens what to are you, the dead. What are you, Andy Blanton? Oh, shout out, Andrew Blanton. Shout out, buddy. Oh, also, by the way, another shout out. Coach Elise Wilkes in San Diego. She'll she'll get the, she. This is her favorite part. She's listened to all of our hey, shows. Thanks for and, listening. And, and, uh, What's her name? She Elise. Likes idiot or idiom. Elise? Idiot versus idiom. Oh, well, shout out. Idiot or idiom is her favorite her favorite bit. Hey, and you know so. what? If you if you want to play idiot or idiom with us, you know, you drop us a line. In. She can call in. We you can, can call in to the show and play idiot or idiom. She know my number. That's anyway, right. So Let's play for the Golden Jazz Master. Skeleton in the closet. Okay. Keeping, keeping secrets, right? Obviously. Keeping secrets. That's right. Keep your skeletons in the closet. That's right. So it, it came from... Marcel, and I hope I'm pronouncing the last name right, Marcel Petois, Petois. Uh, Petois. a French doctor who also was a serial killer, and he would lure patients in under the pretense of vaccines and inject them with cyanide and Hmm. would dispose of the bodies, but until he could dispose of them, he would hide them or use them even as... This game is not even really about like what the it's me watching him. So no, he actually would keep (laughs) skeletons. Fuck with me right now. (laughs) He was an actual doc, so like it wouldn't be weird for him to have like a skeleton there, but he would keep in the closet. He was a serial killer slash doctor. Okay, so that's that's the origin. All right, I'm gonna go first on this one, and I'm gonna say that. God damn it! You looked me right in the eyes, but I'm still gonna say false. That is not the real meaning of that one. Jackie Lynn, what do you say? I say true. He's saying that is the real meaning. If not, you're a great writer. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm saying false. False. So both me and Sarah said false. All right. So who are we judging? We're going to do me and Sarah's false is here. So what are we? Check in the judge. You we are correct. correct. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, I was just laughing this shit up. 
and and <laughs> in your defense, this is a true story. Yeah. The doctor serial killer. That is a true story. To get better than that, once they started to catch on to him, he just grew out a beard, made a fake name, became a cop, and ended Speaking up working his own case. Oh, is that right? Dude, that should be a show right yeah. there. Like that guy escaped cat or capture because he became a cop and got assigned to his own case. Dude, this is great, dude. You should so definitely. So I, I read that and was like, ooh, I can use that as a backstory for this and it'll sound all believable and shit. I've definitely done it before with the Mr. So, Ed thing in the, don't uh, what is it? Uh, I heard it straight from the horse's oh, mouth. Right. And I yeah, said, yeah, I yeah. did the whole Mr. Ed's thing. Yeah, you find something that's similar and you do that Mr. Ed thing. So let's so, go ahead and tally up and let's see what we have here. Do we not want to know the actual story? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, we're just going to... me. <laughs> do we want to... What's the real story? Sorry about that. In 1816, William H. Stoll had the quote, The dread of being the cause of misery to posterity has prevailed over men to conceal the skeleton in the closet. Skeleton is a metaphor for disease. Keep your disease. Keep it, uh, keep it at bay. Yeah, keep it... Uh, Locked away. You that was the first time it. that thing was used. Mm. William H. Stoll. All right, so we're going to let the, you make get it. the judges to tally up our score. So what do we have, judges? What does Jackie got? Uh, Jackie has three. Three. Sarah, what does Sarah have? Five. Five. And what do I have? Los has the quattro. Oh my boom, goodness! Boom, boom. Oh, Looks man. like once again, defending champion. The defending my champion. defense was up high today. She continues to keep her golden jazz master one more week. You guys, thank you for playing idiot or idiom. That's been a so fun honored. ass game. I love it. You did a great so job. Honored. Thank you. All this applause is for you. All of it's for you, girl. Our live studio audience is really appreciative of this. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Idiot or Idiom. Let's listen to the news. That's right. You know, the world won't even exist in one more month. Do you know that? We're all dead. I have heard about We're all just going to be stardust. This was, this was going to be my news story until I looked at our online document and saw that you were already going to talk about it. Well. I just learned today. I saw it and I could not not say that. I could not not say that. Right. And where is the same response for me. From? Well, this comes from uh, NASA. NASA. You know, they oh, got their the satellites in their space. The yeah. NASA, those liars. I don't think they're liars. But back in December, our suspicious, uh, our suspicion. What does that say? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> NASA, a nice, a NASA scientist told us Tuesday. Beautifully reported. Yes, was in the near future. This is actually from Elite Daily. So basically there is a meteor and it is coming for us. We are doomed. And it is what? What did they say? It was anywhere between 0.3 and 0.6 of a mile. Dude, it's get, bigger than the moon. Do we get 50-50 okay, chance? Okay, well, then I read a different story. 
No, basically, <laughs> no, they're just giving you a bunch of shit. This is really not going to do anything to us. Uh, we do have what the jet well, propulsion. Well, tell, tell me something about it, Nick. I, I was saying there, was, there were studies that said it's going to miss us by thousands of miles, and then there were other people that said they've it's done gonna calculations. It's going to just smack us immediately and be... Thousands are really small margins. Yeah. Very, in, in very the, small. In the realm of the universe, it is, yes. It is small. Um, so some people say it's going to hit us, and it's going to be the next... Uh, Dinosaur extinction. We're gonna be golfing with flames, dude. <laughs> We're gonna They're just gonna be golfing. Golfed in flames. <laughs> just gonna be golfing. This is golfing, Julian. So we golfing are in peril because this asteroid could obliterate cities, causing massive uh, uh, tsunamis. Uh, tsunamis. And the world. In the world? What'd you say? Isn't it? It's gonna end us. It, you know, it it might it might end us. You know. The, just, now this uh this not. meteor is called 2016. Yeah. Right. Uh. Because 2016 isn't done taking people. It's now got to take everybody. (laughs) Uh, NASA does say (laughs) that... Not like it's already killed enough. (laughs) Right. Well, NASA does say that this object is not a threat to the Earth for this foreseeable future. It actually just made its orbit, and it's now uh, in retrograde with us. So... Uh, We don't have to worry about this, or maybe, you know, in a couple hundred years, we might have to worry about it. But y'all... Won't have to worry about it right now. Maybe this will withstand the test of time, this podcast. And if you're listening to us, and if 2016 WF9 is about to collide with your world, I told us so. I, I, told, fucking, I fucking, fucking told us so. <laughs> All right, we got some more news. Nikki, what do you got, buddy? All right, I got... Uh, so, you remember recently Trump said there were three million illegal votes and we had to launch this investigation into such thing because there's a man named greg phillips greg phillips made an unsubstantiated claim that the election was marred by three million illegal votes coincidentally very close to the margin he lost or trump lost the popular vote by but greg phillips said that there were three million illegal votes and Trump jumped on it and retweeted it and called in an investigation on it. And in a very fun and ironic turn of events, it turns out that Greg Phillips is registered to vote in three fucking states. My God. So the voter fraud is done by the guy who called out voter fraud. So he called out voter fraud, but he's actually the voter fraud? Yes. Way to get yourself busted. Way to be a hypocrite. Also caught in being registered in multiple states are Steve Bannon, Trump's chief strategist. Uh-oh. And Ivanka, his own fucking daughter. Oh, really? So, so far, the voter fraud has been found to be Trump's people. I have yet to see, not that they don't exist... Maybe they do, uh, but I haven't seen any reports of illegal immigrants voting, like he claims, or dead people voting, believe like he me. claims. Believe me. So far, it's been Trump people in multiple states. Cocksucker, man. I can't believe it. I'm actually registered to vote in only one state, and that makes me a true American. I am hardly even registered. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am only registered in, in Texas. It's It's been years since I was in Kansas. Yeah, I wouldn't think I was Texas. Yeah. yeah. I've never registered. I don't even know how you remain registered in multiple states. Like, once you register in a new state, doesn't that null the other one? I think it's a loophole. I actually tried to go to vote once in Kansas and hadn't registered there. And they were like, here you and go. And there you can't vote. Oh, they didn't want you to. That's So, weird. like, I, I just don't know how you can be registered in multiple states. Like, I don't... 
Believe that's me, that's not something I, I follow up with. That's something you guys do on the back end. Like I come to the office and like register to vote in this new place. If you didn't cancel the last one, what? Yeah, Was I supposed to go cancel that for you guys. Like I, that's probably what it turns out to be. Yeah, they probably had it in the state. They went to another state. There's no national database. Yeah, they they don't check that shit. See, and I guess another thing that says they're registered, so I don't know that they voted in all these other states. Ooh. So each state has its own records. Yes. Yeah. That's stupid. That is is very stupid. Get a Google Google Drive. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't they start using the internet like everyone else? (laughs) Fucking Google Doc that shit. Come on. That was my interest. I just thought that was funny that the guy who sent out the weird tweet that Trump jumped on and made a whole investigation out of, is it registered in three states? That's that's funny, man. Well, that's well way to leave it out. (laughs) That's like that. Well, that's it for the show, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick and Sarah, for joining. As always, thank you, guys. Nick, you got any plugs? Where you go? Where you playing today? I uh, actually week? have a bye week, so I'm sweet. I'm I'm homeward bound this weekend. Cool. I'm gonna hang out with you this weekend. Finally, Sarah, any uh, plugs, girl? I'm actually gonna have a show on February 11th. Uh, the location is TBA. It's 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 coming up. <laughs> Locations but, uh, TBA. I'm gonna name a bar that TBA. TBA. Nice. That's right. But yeah, and then uh, there's an album release coming up later in the month of February. We'll, we'll follow with yeah. that and keep it, keep you guys updated. Thank you, Jackie Lynn Ellison, for joining us today. Follow you have Jackie. Any plugs. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Do you have any plugs? Yeah. What I'll, do you need to talk about? I'll be playing with my band Mojo Queen um, and the Jiggle Watts uh, Burlesque Troupe. At the Spider House Ballroom on February 2nd. That's Austin, Texas. This Thursday? Yeah. This Thursday. It'll be a good time. So if you're listening to us on Wednesday, tomorrow get to the Spider Room, Spider House Ballroom. That's right. Also follow him on Twitter at I am Jackie like Lynn. And that's Jackie Lynn. That's uh, it's L-Y-N-N on Twitter. If you like our show, please rate us five stars on iTunes. I've got a plug. Uh, February 18th. Come support Jackie Lynn and me while we compete and uh, show our mustaches off at Come and Shave It, number 11. Is there any way you can make your mustaches fight? Ooh. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, that means we'd have to kiss, kind of. Figuratively, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> very, very close. Figuratively, definitely. Literally, no. <laughs> figuratively, that's what, that's what we're doing. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing. That's yeah. what, what we're super doing. The close. World Championship of Beard and Mustache is going to be in Austin this year. September, do you know the date? Sep- September 1st through the September 3rd. September 1st through the 3rd at the uh, convention center there. The, at the Long Center. Long Center. Yeah. I actually bought my ticket to compete. I will be there. It'll be an international event. International. Then that's wow. it's yeah. the first time it's ever seriously held in. Seriously, mustaches are taken. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's the first time it's ever no been idea. in America. Well. It's a 2017 uh, World Beard and Mustache Association. What is it about the mustache that, like, how does it make you feel? Like, what is it? Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what it makes it. F- I mean, some some so cool some days uh, it makes you feel a certain way. Some days it doesn't. I think it's mm. like anything else. Some well, yeah, absolutely. Not, not everybody can do a mustache. Not everybody can. Mm. So, I don't know. Talk to us more. Ask us some questions. Send us your mustache and beard questions. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Search for Emergency Exit Podcast. Follow us on E-M-E-X-Pod. Twitter. EMEX Pod. That's right. Tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the best advertising. That's the show. Thank you again. And that's right. That's right.